there came a ikhtilaf between the ulama. The Hanafiya, they took a stance regarding uh, this matter, which is they said the salam, or the salah, the salam. They said it's a wajib. The Hanafiya, they said it's wajib. Uh, and that it's not a pillar. And that it's not a pillar. They said now, if a person, if a person, um, <coughs> he passes wind um, whilst in the tashahud, then they said he would, he, by accident, he passed the wind. Oh, it preceded him. They said if it's unintentionally, he has to go, do the, come back and just do salams. <laughs> if he does it deliberately, and he came out deliberately, and he chose to do it, they said that this cuts him from the salah, this cuts him from the salah. And um, he doesn't have to do anything because the salam was never a pillar in the first place. So he left the salah with his, his wind. Imam Bukhari chapter in his kitab, Marahimullah, he said, Babul Hiyal. Hiyal means what? Trying to find a way out of something. In his kitab al-salah, he chapter it and he refuted them, Marahimullah, in that kitab, as the Shurrah have mentioned. So it feels, it shows that that speech is false because it goes against the hadith of Prophet where he said, Tahrimu al takbir wa tahlilu al taslim. The way to leave the salah is with a and taslim. So the taslim is part of the salah. It's part of the salah. Al-Hadith al-Thalith, the third hadith. Al-Abdillah ibn Amr ibn al-As wa Abi Hurayrata wa Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anhum qalu, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam waylun lil-aqabi min al-nari. This hadith is narrated by three sahabi. Three Ashab, three Sahabiyun. The first one is Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al As, radiallahu ta'ala. Bukhari narrated Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al As in Kitabul Ilm, in Kitabul Wudu. In Kitabul Ilm, Babu man rafa'a sawta bil ilm, wa Babu man a'ad al hadithu thalathan li yufhamam anhu. They said, Bukhari said, in his Sahih chapter in two places in Kitab al-Ilm. Two places in Kitab al-Ilm. The next one, one he narrated in Kitab al-Wudu, Babu ghasl al-Rijlaini wa la yumsahu al-Qadamain. He brought that in that chapter. Um, in one place in Kitab al-Wudu. So in total, Bukhari has found, brought it in two, kitab, two, two kitabs and three, three places. In one kitab he done it twice. Imam Muslim on the other hand, he narrated in Kitab al-Tahara, Babu Wujubu Ghasl al-Rijlaini Bikamilhima. Kitab al-Tahara. That's the hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. The hadith of Abu Huraira, Bukhari Muslim, Bukhari narrated in Kitab al-Wudu, Muslim narrated in what? Kitab al-Tahara. As for the hadith of Aisha, Bukhari didn't narrate it. So this is the first mistake Abdul Ghani Abdul Wahid al-Maqdisi fell into. He promised us at the beginning of the book what? Sahih. The hadith is going to be in Bukhari and Muslim. And the hadith of Aisha here is min afradi Muslim. It is from this Aisha's written part 
is only narrated by Imam Muslim. Imam Muslim. Uh, and uh, Bukhari did not narrate it. But he narrated the other Muslims. The other two, yes. Abdullah ibn Abraham Bukhari Muslim. Abu Huraira, Bukhari Muslim. Aisha only Muslim. And Zarkashi pointed that out in his kitab, Al-Nukatu ala al-Ubda, the ninth page. Also, Abdul Haq al-Ishbiri, Abdul Haq al-Ishbiri, in his kitab, Al-Jab'u Bayna al-Sahihayn, he also pointed that mistake of Abdul Ghani Abdul Wahid al-Maqdisi, the mistake that he did, by saying Aisha's riwayah. Um, the first Sahabi is Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, Qurashiyun, Sahmi, Hajara huwa wa abuhu qabla al-Fatah, wa kana qad aslama qabla abihi. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As, he was a Qurashi from Quraysh. He's from the people of Sahmi. He and his father both migrated to the Prophet before the conquest of Mecca. Are you with me? But Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As took Islam before his father. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As took Islam before his father. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As was a person who was a mujtahidun fil ilmi wal ibadah. He strove a lot to knowledge and what? He strived a lot to seeking knowledge and ibadah, worshipping Allah. He is the companion who took the most narrations from the prophets. Abdullah ibn Abdul As is the person who took the most narrations from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the issue is Abu Huraira narrated more than him. Abu Huraira narrated more than him. The reason is because Abu Huraira Abu Huraira sat down to teach and narrate. Whereas Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As turned towards ibadah. They said, Abdullah ghalabat alihi al-ibadah. Ibadah overcame him. He just became a abid, worshipper. Whereas Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu sat down to narrate. And Abu Huraira himself admitted that Abdullah ibn Amr As was the one who narrated more than him. Because he said, Kana yaktubu wa la aktubu. He used to write the times when I never used to write. Abu Huraira admitted that. Um, the Tarjama, the second Sahabi is Abu Huraira. And we took his Tarjama, we took his biography in Kitab uh, the second Hadith. The third one is Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. As Siddiqa, binti Siddiq. She's the truthful one and the daughter of the truthful one, Abu Bakr. Al Habiba bint Al Habib. She is a loved one by the Prophet loved. And her father was loved by the Messenger. Her name was Aisha bint Abi Bakr Abdullah ibn Abi Quhafa, Uthman ibn Amr, ibn Amrah, ibn Ka'ab, ibn Sa'ad, ibn Taym, ibn Murrah, ibn Ka'ab. Ibn Lu'ay. She was the mother of the believers. She was the mother. She is the mother of the believers. She is the wife of Khairul Bashar, the best of mankind. <coughs> Muhammad ibn Abdullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Her kunya was Umm Abdullahi. Her kunya was Umm Abdullahi. Kunyat, and she was referred to Umm Abdullahi. She took it from that, the Ibn Ukhtiha, the son of her daughter's sister, Abdullah ibn Zubayr. She took his name and ascribed it to herself. Radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, may Allah be pleased with her and her father, and Abdullah ibn Zubayr as well. 
Aisha was from Min Akbari Fuqaha'i Sahaba. She was the greatest faqil from amongst the companions. And is the most knowledgeable woman in the face of this earth today. After in the Ummah of Muhammad. She's the most knowledgeable woman. She busied herself with giving fatwa and ilm, knowledge. At the khilafah of her, her father, Abu Bakr. And also in the khilafah of Umar and Uthman, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum. Hatta matin until she died. She used to teach, she used to educate, and she spread to teach, spread the knowledge. Tawfiyat, she died. Ba'dal khamsina, she died after 50. Fi madinatin nabi. In the city of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, were dufinat, and she was buried in Al-Baqi'ah. She was buried in Baqi'ah. Radiyallahu ta'ala anha. The narration that we're on right now is what is the sababu rudul hadith? Remember, brothers, the Quran we mention why it came down. Whereas the hadith we don't say sababu nuzul. The hadith we don't say sababu nuzul. The Quran we say sababu nuzul. The hadith we say sababu wurud, wurud, wurud. Which means sababu wurud. Wurud. Wow, ra, wow, dal. Wow, ra, wow, dal. It means the reason it happened, it took place. Not the reason why it came down, but the reason it took place. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As, radiallahu ta'ala, and anhumah, may Allah be pleased with him and his father. He mentions, he said, تَخَلَّفَ النَّبِي صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ عَنَّا فِي سَفَرِ سَفَرْنَاهَا He said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, are you all with me? He basically, alayhi sallallahu alayhi he delayed from us, a journey in which we embarked on. The Prophet was after, he became a bit late. فَأَدْرَكْنَا Finally the Prophet reached us وَقَدْ أَرْحَقْنَا الْعَصْرِ And the Salatul Asr was about to leave. It was about to go. فَجَعَلْنَا نَتَوَضَّعْ We started to do wudu. وَنَمْسَحُ عَلَىٰ أَرْجُلِنَا And we were wiping over our legs. Fanada, the Prophet spoke loud. He put his volume up loud, his voice, and then he said, Wail, be to them. Wail, be to the hills from the hellfire. And he said this how many times? Two to three times. Two to? Abu Hurairah mentions why he said that, why he particularly said it. Abu Huraira's narration says, and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ra'a the Prophet saw rajulan a man lam yaghsil aqibihi. He saw a man he saw a man lam yaghsil aqibayhi who did not wash his heels. The Prophet saw a man who didn't wash his heels. Faqal he said, wait be to the heels from the hellfire that are not washed. So <clears throat> let's stand so this hadith already, you can tell, what is it talking about? It talks about the ruling of not fulfilling the wudu correctly. That's what this hadith deals with. Um, the Prophet wasallam. what did he say? He said, wail. The word wail, the word wail, wailun, wail, is a masdar la fi'la lahu. It's a verbal noun that has no verb. 
It's like wayha. Say meaning. Wahiya kalima. And it's a word. Wa'idun. It's a word which is wa'id. You're warning a person. Wa'tahdeed. Bil'adabi. You're warning them about punishment. Wal'huzm al-halak. And and destruction. You're warning a person from it. And it's used in six, it's used as six things in the language. Six points it's used as. The first one is six point ways it's used in the language. Or there are six views regarding it. The first one is it is said it is said to the person who has fallen into destruction. You say wail. The person falls into something that is destruct, destructive. Two to the person who deserves it. Three, it is the destruction itself is called whale. The destruction itself is called whale. Four, it's fourth is the burden of punishment. The burden of punishment is referred to as whale. Five, Al-Hazm, the distress, the distress. Six, wadin fi jahannam, a valley in hellfire. And it's also used sometimes when you're amazed with something. When you're amazed with something. Like the Prophet said it to Abu Basirah. He said, Wailuh Ma'asar Mu'asir Harbin. Al Aqab is what? Al Aqab is Jam'u Aqib, and it's the heel of the leg. And it's always used from the, it's always, always used as the end of something. It's always used as the end of something. Minan Nari from the hellfire. The fire here is referred to, is, it is the fire of the hellfire. And this hadith, brothers, as I said, is, refer- is speaking about the person who shortens in doing the wudu correctly. Because as we know, brothers, the tahara is an important condition for the acceptance of the salah. And to shorten in it and not do it as it's needed and required, it has a danger to it. And that's why the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he had spoken to the companions regarding it. The fiqh of the hadith. The first thing that we take from the hadith is jawaz, the permissibility of raf'u sawt the permissibility of raising your voice bil ilmi when you're teaching, shouting. It has been transmitted in the hadith that I mentioned before the one that Abu Huraira narrated is uh, Abdul ibn As, sorry, Abdullah ibn Abdul As, is that the Prophet he raised his voice loudly when he said it. And it's permissible. And, and that is only done when there's a need for it. Such as if the people are far, or if there are a lot in number, um, or if, you can, if it will add to the uh, acceptance of your, your point, by shouting, then yes, you do use it. Number two, 
ده مشروعيه اعاده الحديث the hadith showing that repeating something that's already been had but just to emphasize on it repeating it more than once and the prophet sallallahu did that so they can understand it and that was his guidance alayhi salatu wasalam whatever he said he would say quite a lot of times like when he said to the companions ala wa qawlu zur ala wa qawlu zur ala wa qawlu zur ala wa qawlu zur he said it so much time that the companions fama zala yukarriruha he was repeating it so much that abdullah ibn umar said all the companions that were there they said laytahu sakat if only the prophet was silent he said it too many times like they were worried and concerned for him the way he was repeating it also when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to the companions and hal balagh have i conveyed the message he would say it three times the day of hajjat wada' he said it three times ala hal balagh ala hal balagh ala hal balagh have i have i reached the message to you guys have i reached the message to you guys have i reached the message to you guys number 3 وجوب التعليم الجاهل the obligation of teaching the ignorant one وتغيير المنكر and to change the evil and to change the evil because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught them that which they were ignorant of and he prohibited them from that which they fell into and he even warned them about the consequences that they may have to bear because of it four جواز رفع الصوت بالانكار the permissibility of raising your voice to what to prohibit something the one we said on the first was to teach but this one is to refute and to stop something to raise your voice five wujub the obligation of ta'mim al-a'dha'i wa isbaghha the obligation of making sure that the water reaches the whole of your body and you don't leave any part out and bukhari narrated in babu ghusl al-a'qab he said wa kan ibn sirin muhammad ibn sirin yaghsil mawdi' al-khatim idha tawadda muhammad ibn sirin used to take his ring out and he used to do wudu and make sure that the water reached where the ring was under abu huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu muhammad ibn ziyad he said qala sami'tu abu huraira i heard abu huraira he used to cross by the people and go by and walk around the people whilst they would do wudu and he would say to them asbighu al-wudu make sure the water reaches everywhere fa inna abu al-qasim abu al-qasim the messenger of allah he said waylun lil-aqab min an-nar and we've taken in one hadith in sahih sorry 40 nawi abdullah ibn umar the hadith when the prophet said to him kun fi dunya ka'annaka gharibun aw abri aw abri sabil what did he do after that when the Prophet grabbed him by the shoulder and told him, be in this world as though you are a traveler or a stranger, or more like a stranger and a traveler. He took that message from the Prophet and straight away he conveyed it to the people. And what did he say? فَإِذَا أَمْسَيْتَ فَلَا تَنْتَظِرِ الصَّبَاحَ وَإِذَا أَصْبَحْتَ فَلَا تَنْتَظِرِ الْمَسَاءَ وَخُذْ مِنْ صِحَّتِكَ لِمَرَضِكَ وَالْحَيَاتِكَ لِمَوْتِكَ if the evening comes, don't wait for the morning. And when the morning comes, don't wait for the evening. Take your health whilst you're healthy. Benefit from it before death comes to you. And also, take your life right now. Benefit from it before death uh, comes to you. He heard it from the Prophet. Straight away they conveyed the message and what they learned. Abu Huraira was the one that narrated the hadith from the messenger. And he straight away was teaching the people, make sure the water reaches everywhere.
And that's how the Sahabas were. They learned, they implemented it, they conveyed it. Number six, fardu, the obligation, the obligation for the two legs to be washed. To wipe over it now. It is not accepted. For it to be wiped over, it is not accepted. When we say it is not accepted, what do we mean? Meaning that that's, wudu doesn't exist. Aslan. In any way or form or shape. You have to do your wudu again. Imam al-Bukhari, he chapter in the Sahih, Babu. And the legs are not wiped over. Now some of you may think to yourself, why would he, why would he say that it's not wiped over? Well, the Rafidah, who are cursed, they believe that you wipe over your legs. The Rafidah and the Shia, they believe you wipe over the legs. You might wonder to yourself, where did they get that from? They used it from the Qira'ah, one of the recitation of the Quran, which says, وَأَرْجُلِكُمْ وَأَرْجُلِكُمْ بِخَفْضِ أَلَّمِ Because that recitation when it says وَأَرْجُلِكُمْ It means wipe. It means wipe. But what they didn't understand is يَا جَهَلَ Ignorant ones. It is referring to the wiping of the خُفَّين and the جَوْرَبَين and the نَعْلَين It's wiping over your خُف your socks or whatever you're wearing. That's the wiping the ayah is referring to. Also the ayah has another recitation which is وَأَرْجُلُكُمْ وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ Sorry. وَأَرْجُلَكُمْ بِفَتْحِ لَمْ And that shows غَصْلْ Washing. If it becomes a fatha, the lamb, it shows the washing. If it's a kasra, it shows wiping. Ahlul Sunnah have said that when it's a kasra, it's referring to the wiping of the khufayn and the jawrabayn. When it's a fatha, it's talking about the washing of the, the legs. Mm -hmm. Washing of the legs. And <coughs> Many ahadith have spoken about that. For example, the hadith of Amr ibn Absa. He said, The person washes his legs the way Allah ordered. The way Allah ordered. So it is not narrated from the companions, not one companion who said that the legs have to be wiped over. Your legs be wiped over them. No one is narrated that. Ali ibn Abi Talib clearly says washing. Abdullah ibn Abbas, Anas ibn Mali, all of them believe this that you, you wash your legs. It is said that Ali and Abdullah ibn Abbas and Anas ibn Malik, they used to say wiping over it, but they came back from it. They came uh, back, back from it. ولذلك عبد الرحمن ابن أبي عبد الرحمن ابن أبي ليلى he brought a consent amongst the Sahabas that the leg washing of the leg. He said أجمع أصحاب رسول الله the companions of the messenger are in our consent um, regarding على غسل القدمين the washing of the feet. The washing uh, of the feet. Number eight, number seven. Is it number seven? Biqa' lum'at bin a'da'il wudu' duna ghasli yubdul wudu' The remaining of a place which is a coin, a small 5p coin, of a place of your body, if the water does not reach it, does not reach it, then that's the wudu' is incorrect. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. Number eight. Fil hadith, in this hadith is a hujja, a proof li ahli sunnah. Hujja for the people of the Sunnah, which is what? And then Mu'adhaba, the person who is punished, his soul and his body is both punished, not just the soul. Because the hadith says, Wailun, will be to the what? Al-A'qab, the legs of the people. Uh, so the body is burnt. The legs are part of you. So the person's body and his 
uh, the person's body and also their um, soul is burnt. Number nine. Shortening, shortening in doing wudu on the limbs, shortening on it and not fulfilling it correctly is considered a major sin. It's considered a major sin because the Prophet ﷺ, he connected to it what? Whale. And this is one of the ways to know that it's a major sin. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned in his hadith. The affirmation, reward for an action. Number 10. Affirming the reward for an action. And that every action is going to receive what they've done. You chose not to wash your leg, right? Your legs are you're going to be burnt because of it. Your legs are going to be burnt because of it. For not washing them correctly. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala burns and makes the servant face a consequences of something he did, said, and not more and not less. Now, 